What I love about this man is he is an impactor. He's the impact motivator. It says right there. That's <laughs> he has a podcast impacting life 24-7, and he lives at that statement. He is always impacting kids. He is always impacting teens. He is impacting humans all around the world, and he's been doing it to empower each and every one of you. The reason we do all of this is for you. And we're so happy you're here to absorb it. <laughs> so CL is going to do a talk about fatherhood, the responsibility of fatherhood. And once again, I am so happy he's here. I'm going to ask him to tell you a little bit about himself, even though I know he doesn't like to talk about himself. But welcome, CL. Please tell us a little about yourself, and then I'm going to leave, and you're going to get started when you're ready. Yes, ma'am. And when you leave, please be sure to help me with those slides so I don't mess it up. You know, you know how Murphy gets in. <laughs> you remember? Our, exactly. You remember? We had our, a few glitches yesterday. <laughs> you remember our live call the other day, me and you? That was <laughs> that was funny. Now that should go down in the bloopers reel for sure. That was uh, good. We should have a bloopers reel, but you know it's great is that's the whole point of calm. Right. How do you react to those things life throws at you? Yeah, that's the Yesterday, truth. Yesterday, we lost, like, Facebook dropped us. Oh, yesterday. wow. You know, we had to start all over. But how <laughs> do you react? And that's the key. How are you reacting to what life throws at you? Right. You have no control over anything but you. That's exactly so right. focus on that. Well, listen, I'm I'm blessed to be here. Uh, I was here yesterday and I was in and out a lot of the classes, some many of the classes that I was able to view. I took notes and man, I'm already making augmentations in my life. I mean, the declutter class, boy, that was that was convicting. Boy, I felt so I felt about two inches tall. I said, man, I am just totally cluttered in, in every capacity. And well, me too. Us, Layla mentioned <laughs> mentioned the phone numbers in your phone, and then she showed me how to see how many contacts I have. I was like, I've got like fifteen hundred contacts. Do I call? 1, do you call fifteen hundred? Yeah, clearly those, not. <laughs> those people. Some of those people probably don't even have those phone numbers anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know. I felt like, ooh, I need this class. So yes, I'm I'm blessed to be here and and uh we'll we'll probably weave a little bit of my life's testimony in, but I'm CL King, a father of seven. I've uh, been married for almost thirty years, a former Marine, and reside in the lovely state of North Carolina. It wasn't always like this, and so I'll kind of add that into the story. It, I wasn't it wasn't always the beautiful house and, you know, nice cars and loving family and all that. It really did not start out that way. So for the first 18 years, it was full of trauma. I say that I was forged in a crucible of adversity. And uh, but thank God he a lot of the bad examples that I got actually showed me how to be a, a better example for my children and fatherhood, I'm wearing my dad's shirt. I think either I, I bought love it. it. I e can see it. Either that I bought dad. this for myself or one of the kids bought it. I don't know. But but I I do know this that I take a lot of pride in being a father. I take a lot of pride in being a dad. It's it's one of outside of being a husband, it's my most solemn responsibility. So I'm looking forward to sharing what's on my heart and uh dedicating this day. What was your dad's name? Oh, no wait, don't tell dad. me. Don't don't 
I told you. I remember now. Yeah, I remember it's three letters. I'm going to dedicate this training to Nat, and I'm also going to dedicate this training to Celia, who has become a super special, super special person in my life. I mean, we don't talk every day, but when we talk, we can't shut up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that about describes me really yeah. well. You know, I didn't start talking till I was three years old and my parents said, and now you're making up for lost time. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to let you get started. Okay. Go forth, impact the world of fathers. And I'm excited to hear your conversation all right thank you so much celia all right so ladies and gentlemen i want to like i said i dedicate this time to my dear friend celia and her father nat i also dedicate it to my wife charity king because without her i wouldn't be in the position of being a father you know i just can't do it alone and so she has blessed me uh with six of our seven children and it was it has been a 30 year ride of i would love to say bliss but it has been a 30 year ride of learning of adjusting i recognize that and i know celia will talk about this but parenting is not an autopilot uh, endeavor you have to realize that as turbulence come you have to make adjustments but I wanted to hone in because I'm, I'm, you know, a parent myself, but I wanted to hone in more <clears throat> on fatherhood. Why? Because fatherhood is the state of being a father. And I've been a father now, like I said, for 30 years and watching the ebbs and flows of my decisions as a dad, of my decisions as a father, it really, really, really kind of spoke to me is that's what I want to teach about. I could teach about anything. I'm a master life coach on in five different disciplines. I'm a Lean Six Sigma certified uh, green belt, which I help companies with continual process improvement. I could teach on marriage. I could teach on many things. But one thing that I recognize that is a solemn position, that is a, a position of authenticity like you you can't fake the funk as a father is fatherhood i'm holding in my hand and i'm, I'm getting used to um what am i getting used to i'm getting used to Streamyard because i usually use zoom but i'm actually liking Streamyard. i'm holding in my hand a beautiful uh ornament that my son gave me and it's a picture of a lion and a little lion cub i'm holding it there it's always in my high virtual studios here at Impacting Life 24-7. And if I'm not holding something down with it, I'm usually looking at it, just reminiscing about our moments like this. Um, CL, can you hold that up again? Because I didn't get to the slide in time so people can see it. Okay. Please. Well, yeah. <laughs> they can see it now. There you go. It's a lion with a little lion cub next to him. I know it's not. it's not the greatest... There you go. See, little lion with a little lion cub. I was like, where did my stuff go? I said, Celia, you better quit messing with this thing, girl. <laughs> and so I hold this thing in my hand all the time, uh, whether I'm here interviewing people. I've interviewed over 300 folks from around the country and around the world on our show or whether I'm just sitting here watching the NBA or just thinking about my kids. I'm thinking about, man, you know what, this is 
kind of the essence to me of fatherhood. Not necessarily the the main lion that's that you know sometimes people look at this and you think man he's he's a he's a father of war and he's he's vigilant and he's a he's a he's a stallion and all of that. But no 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 no. I decided being a former Marine and everything we do in the Marine Corps is an acronym. I decided that I was going to help you guys understand fatherhood. See, because the biggest portion of that term is the first six letters. Fatherhood. You put hood on anything and it's the state of being the first thing motherhood, parenthood, neighborhood, you in the hood, right? So so I said, I want to give you six. I only got, I think I got like six or seven slides. I want people to know I'm a professional speaker. I don't usually do slides. I, I do them for trainings, but I figured some time ago that if I wasn't good enough without a slide, then I shouldn't be in this industry. But I said, I wanted to at least give you some pictorial remembrances of what I'm going to teach you today because at my core my mission in life is to impact individuals my mission in life is to touch one life one day at a time and so when we think about fatherhood we see this lion here it's like Chris can you break all this down for me and I said yes I can we'll start with the F a father is faithful or loyal, constant, true, devoted. Now, see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to cover both dichotomies, whether you're a father in a marriage, in a relationship, or whether you're a father and you're not with the mother. Here's what I want you to understand, that those words, let's go back. It, went, it, jumped, a, it jumped a slide. Sorry about that. Let's go back. Loyal, constant, true, and devoted to your state of being a father. Loyal. It's important that you understand that you got to you got to emulate, you've got to display, you've got to teach your young people what loyalty really is and being constant, not showing up, not not just showing up when the weather's good, but showing up when the weather's bad. You understand what I'm saying? It's it's a it is a it is a state of being true. Okay, with so much misinformation, disinformation, and people talking about they woke in a sleep. I don't know. I told my wife this the other day. I said, I don't have a clue. I'm not into all of that garbage. I don't have a clue what it means to be woke. I wasn't asleep. So what are you talking about? I just want to demonstrate for my children as their father what trueness is. And truth is always better than a lie. And devoted. Are you understand what I'm saying? Devoted to what your mission is in life. Listen, that moment when that child breached the, the fringe, fertile edge of their mother's womb, they be, you began to take on devotion, whether you wanted to be devoted or not. You can't undo, you can't unbirth that child. And so it's important and it's incumbent upon you to be devoted to the cause that you have now been put in. Faithful. Father, the letter F in fatherhood stands for being faithful. And you know, there have been times, let me just be transparent with you, ladies and gentlemen. There have been times when I haven't always been loyal, constant, 
true, devoted. You know, I got married when I was 18, 19 years old. Started having kids at 18. I didn't have a clue. I'm a foster kid. I've, I've been in six different homes in 18 years. I was bounced around from several group homes, lived on the streets of Cleveland homeless for six months. I didn't understand what being loyal and constant was. I didn't know how to balance a checkbook when I got married. Nobody taught me that. I'm a kid from the streets, from the hood. My father filled up the bathroom tub and held my head under the water, trying to take my life away. I didn't understand what loyalty and constant meant. I didn't, ha- I didn't have an example in my life of, of really what trueness and devotion meant. So I haven't, I haven't always mastered these things. And as I was up in the wee hours of this morning, somewhere around 3.15, I realized that I'm speaking not just to men and fathers across the country and around the world, I'm speaking to me. Because you know what? Though Nat may have been a yeller, and though Nat may have had a short fuse, just in the little bit I know about him, I knew that he was loyal, 70 plus years of marriage. I knew that he was constant, going to work every day. Imagine that. I knew that he was true, didn't had one wife and no sweethearts. And I knew that he was devoted, took care of his babies in the midst of difficult times. The next letter, think about it in an acronym format, is A. A father should assure, should assure his children. A father should assure, reassure, or convince, or persuade, or guarantee, or promise. Those are some pretty heavy and weighty words, aren't they, ladies and gentlemen? What is a father supposed to do? They are supposed to assure their children that it's going to work. They're going. They're supposed to assure their children that it's going to be okay. You gotta. You gotta convince them that hey, listen. Though this world may be upside down, you're still standing on top of it. You've got to convince them. You've got to guarantee. Like, listen. I want you to know that as long as you have breath, you've got hope. You understand? As long, my son, the other night, he, it was an epic baseball game. I try, I, I cancel my schedules, my speaking engagements, my podcast. I cancel them when my son's games are close. I can travel to them. I go to his games. His mother and I, we go. Just like we went to band for Chris, just like we went to music for Mariah, just like we went to choir for, for Christina Lee, just like we went to baseball for, for Cameron, just like we, we, we go to our kids' stuff. That's just important, right? And he was up. It was two outs. There was runners on first and third. And the score was 7-8. We were down by one. And Jeremiah is at the plate. Jeremiah is my youngest son. And I was at a sleep study. So my wife had me on FaceTime screaming at the top of my lungs, son, crank that ball. You can do it. You can do it. You can. Everybody's screaming. It's an epic battle between two high schools. And here's Jeremiah. He's down now. Two strikes. We said, man, you can do it. And guess what? The dude watched as the third strike was called. Now we could. Tell him, man, you just dropped the ball. You, you, that's not reassuring. I told him, listen, I want you. I'm, I, I want you to understand that. I make a promise to you, brother. That when you're in that situation again, we gonna cheer just as loud. 
And though you might have struck out, there's going to be another opportunity for you to swing that bat. See, fathers got to assure their children because this world, society wants to make them think that they can't or society wants to make them think that it's impossible. And here's what, at the, as the impact motivator, could you imagine me as your dad? That's absolutely not going to be a part of the conversation. The A in fatherhood is assure, assure your kids that the pathway that they're on, even if they have stumbles, assure them, guarantee them, promise them that it's going to be all right. I wish, ladies and gentlemen, I sit here trying to fight back emotions. I wish that I could have heard some assurance from my father. And I heard assurance from my last foster father, for sure. But there's nothing like it. There's nothing like hearing it from your father. So we have to make sure that with all the doubt in the world, assure them that they're going to make it. Huh? You feeling that? The next thing, the T in fatherhood is being temperate, having temperance. And guess what that means? Moderation or voluntary self-restraint. I didn't always have this as a father. Never beat my kids, never abused them, never held them under the tub, even though I saw that as examples from my, both my mother and father. Never physically abused them, never sexually abused them. I didn't do any of that stuff. But I was a former Marine, and I was intense. Are you following what I'm saying? So there were times when uh, dad raised the roof from time to time. There were times when when uh, some furniture got moved around, if you're following what I'm saying. Are you feeling me, right? And I realized that over the years, I was wrong. Whatever, whatever the circumstance was, it did not merit me losing my control. Whatever the situation was, it required moderation and voluntary self-restraint. Listen to me. You know, I raised, I was raised in a generation that kids were supposed to be seen and not heard, right? You follow me? Y'all know 30, 40 years ago, that's the way it was, right? And and I'm I'm raised from a generation seeing that the dad is the king of this castle, baby, right? Yeah, you, you see, you remember all of these things in your mind back when we was spinning records on record players. But now here's what I understand. Voluntary self-restraint means this. I could very well act a certain way. <clears throat> I could very well respond a certain way because I'm, I'm the dad, right? I could very well respond a certain way because I'm the man of this house, baby. I'm your daddy. I could respond. But temperance, the T in fatherhood, the T in father means moderation. Don't be so extreme with your kids when they come home with a D. Don't be so extreme with your kids when they get caught up in the jam. And I've had to learn this. The sun has been moving in my life as a dad. I've realized that when I met Celia Kibler, I'm like, man, I wish I could go back now that I've met her. I wish that I could go back and undo some of these moments that I had. Voluntary self-restraint. Listen, one day I was looking in the freezer for some Reese cups 
And remember, we got six of our seven kids at the house. They were all stair step. You know what I mean? Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, right? And uh, we did everything together, like little ducklings. We would shop in Walmart. The two older ones would have a cart. I'd have a cart, and then the three little ones would be either in the carts or walking behind us. Like, we just, it was a sight to behold, right? And I remember one time that I had a, a, a four-pack Reese cup. And I went to look in the freezer where it, I had nestled that Reese cup and found it to be missing. Now, listen, my kids always used to sneak my stuff, always used to eat, you know, they just, you buy a box of Pop-Tarts in 24 hours, they're all gone, and nobody knows who did it. Not me lived in our house, right? So I'm upset, as I rightfully should be, because my chocolatey, peanut buttery Reese cups were gone. So I lined all my kids up, from the oldest to the youngest, and I said, listen, there's, there's going to be some penalties associated. Now, this is years ago, y'all, so just bear with me. I'm being transparent so you can give me some validity, right? I said, there's going to be some penalties to pay for somebody stealing my Reese cup. I mean, there's, there's so many other things. There's world hunger, and then there's my Reese cup, <laughs> right? And Mariah, my middle child, the anchor child, she's got even number of siblings on both sides of her. She spoke up and said, I did it. And I said, well, you know, Mariah, everybody was going to get, everybody was going to get a, get a little dust up. But because you spoke up and told the truth, I think we can move on. A month or so later, I was packing the freezer as I normally did, and I needed to make some adjustments. So I pulled all of the stuff out that was in there. And lo and behold, what falls out from below the chicken quarters? A four-pack of Reese's. Mariah wanted to do, she wanted to save her siblings from the wrath of dad. And, man, I called everybody back together. Mariah was willing. She didn't eat them. Nobody ate them. I just misplaced them. And I called everybody back. I'm glad I had restraint that day. I'm glad I didn't totally lose my mind. I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't punish anybody. But I, I took that as an opportunity to teach a lesson that, hey, man, I was wrong. I should have looked better. And furthermore, thank you, Mariah, for taking one for the team. She loved her siblings so much. She was, she was willing to go down with the ship with Daddy's Reese's. And I'm glad that in that moment, I had a little bit of moderation. I'm glad in that moment, I had a little bit of self-restraint. Because it was <clears throat> difficult at times because I wasn't trained by Celia Kibler on parenting. My wife and I got in this thing and we just were, we were building the plane as we were flying it because she didn't have uh, a whole lot of input in terms of parent parenting and her her and her mom weren't close and here I am this kid from the hood homeless projects abused and all this resume that was negative so really our marriage should have failed our our parent parenting uh endeavor should have failed but instead we we developed as we went along New rotations around the sun. I'm not going to go around the sun the same way I went around last time. 
I'm going to have temperance. The H, ladies and gentlemen, is a father should be a hero. Are y'all taking notes? A father should be a hero. Now watch what a hero is. It's a real person or a main fictional character who, in the face of danger, combats adversity through feats of ingenuity, courage, or strength. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The father should be the first hero that your kids look up to. I want to be, even today, at nearly 50 years old, I want to be my kid's hero. That when adversity comes, I want to have some feats of ingenuity, courage, and strength. A father, the H in father, is hero. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we have put entirely too much stock into people who don't put stock in us, okay? We've put stock in Hollywood. We've put stock in We've put stock in movie stars. We've put stock in sports athletes. We've put stock in all of these things where our kids get let down when they see that these people are not nearly as heroic. <clears throat> yeah, they may hit the game-winning jump shot, but, but their life doesn't reflect truly what I want my kids to live like. You understand? See, the millionaires and billionaires, that money does not money does not build character. You know what it does? It reveals character. And so I, I don't I don't want I don't want those people to be uh heroes in my children's eyes. I don't want them to grow up, I don't want them to grow up thinking, man, you know, I want to be like that. And then all of a sudden they see that uh th- this person goes up on stage and knocks the crap out of somebody. I don't want I don't I like their movies. Go to their movies, enjoy their comedy, but they ain't your hero. You know who your hero is? The guy that's with you every single day, morning, sun up and sundown. The person that says, man, you can make it. I'm going to assure you. The person that gives you promises that they won't let you down. That's the hero. That's the hero. I want to be that guy that comes in and saves the day. I go back to Jeremiah, the youngest one, right? He wanted a new baseball glove. This brother got good taste. All all my kids got really good taste, but they got expensive taste, yo. And he wants this glove. And he said, you know, he got a little job now, you know what I mean? He's got a job. He's 17. And, uh, you know, I could have made him pay for this glove. The glove's like 180, 200 bucks, right? And, I, you know, he said, well, Dad, I'll give you half of the money, blah, 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 blah. And we just cash app our kids or Facebook pay them. You know, that's how we transfer money around here now. I guess nobody has cash in the world anymore. <laughs> so uh, he told me how much it was after I fell out my chair and resuscitated myself. I said, all right. I grumbled a little bit. Man, 180 bucks, blah, blah, blah. He thought he was going to have to come off about, you know, uh, 120 <laughs> because Dad's so cheap. And guess what? You know what? I took it as an opportunity for me to be his hero one more time. At 17 years old, you know what I did? I slid that brother 180 bucks right through his account. I said, go and get your glove, brother. Go and get your glove. Because I remember another time when I had been given a speech, 3,000 students listening to me 
the C.L. King Impact Motivator. Speak to over 400,000 people around the country. And I came home. Greg dropped me off. Greg is my VP of my company. You'll see him with, if you see C.L., you see Greg. And I came in. I was getting my bags. I was tired. And here comes little five-year-old Jeremiah running out with a glove and a ball. And I was tired, man. I give it all I got. I'm giving y'all the, the restrained version today so I don't scare y'all off after the <laughs> national day of calm. I was, giving, I was giving it my all. My veins were popping out of my neck. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. The students were in a fevered pitch. It was crazy. And I came in. I was exhausted because I leave it all on the field. And I'm walking to the door. Here comes Jeremiah out. And it was as if time began to slowly come to a screeching halt as we passed one another at that impasse. I, I put my hand on the door and Jeremiah said, hey, dad, you want to throw the ball? And it was in that moment that I, I could have justified being tired. Man, do you want me to throw out here with you 25 times? You're going to not catch the ball. You're going to miss it. I got to run out in the street and get it for you. But I said, nope. I put my bags right at the door and said, your hero going to throw the ball with you, brother. I don't need the coach throwing the ball with you. He ain't your hero. I'm the hero. And we need to be we need to be the first people wearing a cape to our children, to our daughters, to our sons. We need to be that one. Because you are making an impression on them, whether you want to or not. Sadly, I can't say that my dad was my hero. Sadly, I can't say that. But you know what I can say? That even after all of this time, he'd be... 85 years old today if he was living he called me dumb mf beat the crap out of me slapped me all kind of crazy ways beat my mom with crutches was a drunk womanizer but let me tell you something i still at nearly 50 years old wish he was here so he could see how i turned out so the position of him being a hero, being my hero. Like, man, you're, you're my father. I want you to be proud. I, I, I look up to you. You can be the worst father in the world, and your kids, for some reason, they still look at you as a hero. So the next slide. Uh... Did it not load all my slides, Celia? I'm missing. Uh, I'm missing some of my slides. I'm missing two slides. That's all I got, buddy. Okay. That's all I got. That's all right. I'm yeah. looking here. It only says five slides. Let me let me share my. Can I share my screen and show them the other ones? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Let's do it that way. We. I don't know what happened. It's probably. Uh, You're incredible because we're all on the edge of our seats. <laughs> for the rest of it but i know you can talk anyway yeah i got i got i got my notes but i'm going to share the screen here and let's okay. see let's see if that'll work oh i need to click on that and hit share screen and maybe i'll go over here are you seeing it celia 
Is that working? Yes, it is. All right, good. So there we are. We just finished up Hero. <sighs> now we're going to talk about what a father, what else a father needs to be. Um, let me, oh Lord, let me get there. Father in the E needs to be empathetic. Father in the E needs to be empathetic. Empathetic, showing an ability to understand and share the feelings of another. You know, when I was a Marine, here's the thing that Marines didn't do. Marines didn't go to sick call, which means the medical place. Marines didn't complain about pain. Marines, you know what I mean? We're tough. We're, we're, we grind. We're lions, baby. You know what I'm saying? We got the main. Marines didn't do that. And so for the first several years of me parenting because I raised kids in the Marine Corps, that's the way I thought I was supposed to be. Don't come to me with that little whiny stuff. Oh, get yourself, pick yourself up, blah, 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 right? And then I started seeing that calloused response in my own kids. I started seeing that calloused response in my own kids until until another bell went off. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, when you hit turbulence as a parent, you got to adjust. It is not autopilot. So I'm I'm revealing to y'all. Y'all might not hire me as your speaker because, man, he's got so many flaws. Well, I'm glad you're flawless. But let me just tell you, on my end of the world, I realized that I needed to make some changes. I wasn't beating my kids, so I had that, I had that banner. I was I was trumpeting that. I wasn't sexually abusing my kids like I was, but I had that banner. I, I didn't do that. You know what I mean? I wasn't trying to drown my kids. I, I had that banner. My kids weren't malnutrition like I was. I had that banner, but I I had I displayed no empathy to the plight that was going on in their world. It was all about me being dad, me being the hubby. And so when you come to me with an F on your report card, you just going to be on lockdown for the next six months. Ridiculous kind of stuff. Instead of saying, man, what, what's going on? What's going on with you in this class? I just don't like math. I don't like Chinese, Dad. And in those moments, in those fragile, mere mortal moments, ladies and gentlemen, it gives us a sliver of a chance to show empathy. That man, you may not be quote unquote lining up according to the, the manual, but you know what? I'm going to share in the feelings with you. I'm going to share in your feelings. I started recognizing that my boys needed to see me cry. When they, when they fell short or when something happened to them that disappointed them, I didn't need to be Mr. Drill Instructor campaign cover, black boot wearing Marine. You know what I needed to be? I needed to be an empathetic dad. You know that? And what our world has a void of is empathy. I wish I had been more empathetic to my children. I wish I had a displayed in those moments where they fell short or those moments when they were hurting or those moments when they were in their feelings. I wish I had a display more empathy. I taught my son, the guy who gave me this, this beautiful lion ornament. I taught him from the time he was two years old. I taught him, Hey man, 
I knew he was a drummer. I was a former drummer. And he was banging on everything when he was a young kid with the wooden spoons. Y'all remember having the wooden spoons in the house? And uh, Chris banged on everything. So I said, this boy going to be a drummer. All of my kids have unique talents. They're all different. And I just knew that was what his go- was going to be his thing. And Chris learned how to play the drums, bought him his first drum set, bought him his second drum set. The dude, he plays for the United States Army now. He's a professional drummer. But man, if I could go back to some of those sessions that we were in the studio together, when he would start crying because I was being so hard, Greg calls me Joe Jackson sometimes. I knew he was so good, but I, I, I didn't have empathy, man. Like, dude, let the kid go. Let him go outside and play. You know? But when he when he breaks down and start crying because you you got on him about missing the wrong rhythm, you uh might need to capture that moment and fix it. So all throughout the years, man, I was readjusting my life because I knew that empathy was important as a father. Because your kids are not going to always measure up. And their feelings are not going to always be your feelings. And if you can't demonstrate as a dad, you can't demonstrate as a father that you understand and share the feelings of that one that you brought into the world, then they will repeat the same non-empathetic approaches in their life. See, I was raised in foster homes and group homes. I was raised by cold, hard, callous people in group homes. You know, they're paid to take care of you. I was around guys that was uh, molesting each other and, and, and smoking dope. It was, it was a, I, when I, I am not, you got to get my book. It's coming out July 24th. Who ate my brownie? I am not, I am not exaggerating. I was forged in a crucible of adversity. So when I came into parenthood, I was hardened, man. You know, I knew I didn't want I knew I didn't want to do certain things to my children. I knew I didn't want to let them experience some of the same garbage that I had to experience. I knew I knew I was not I was not going to let that happen. But man, because of my tough Marine Corps outer exterior, I forgot that they were people with emotions kids with feelings as a father you need to be empathetic let them see that you see that their feelings matter and to this day ladies and gentlemen I'm still working on that working on it with adults now Celia says you're you're not raising children you're raising adults and man if you know, God doesn't give us the privilege of going backwards, but sure enough, I'm doing better going forward. And though my kids still stumble as grown adults, I try to display for them the empathy needed so that they know that they can still get back up. You can fall 70 times. We're going to get back up all 70. A father is resilient. A father is resilient. I, I, you know, I don't rehearse my speeches. In fact, I don't even put them together until the night of because I want it to be so fresh. 
If I'm giving you new content, I don't want nobody else to have heard it, even myself. And I'm the one created it. <laughs> like I said, I, I put this all together at 3 a.m. this morning. I, I, I've been meditating on this topic since Celia asked me to be a part of it. But I said, man, it, it's got to be in my spirit. It's got to be in my soul. This has got to erupt. I've got to deliver something that will impact someone's life. i got to say something tomorrow that maybe a dad or a father's looking at me and he's, he's feeling like a failure. If we could just give him six little simple keys to turn things around, how could he impact that life that's looking up to him now? Resilient. Another transparent moment, if you'll allow me to. I'm probably the biggest failure you'll ever meet. People sing my praises. All right. They invite me to their international meetings, pay big dollars to hear me speak, and wax poetic about how to overcome adversity. But man, some days I feel like an absolute failure for the shortcomings in my life. But one thing that I can say that a father can be is resilient, flexible, pliable, supple, durable. That man, they resist resistance. And when I remember the time, I want to talk about resilience. <laughs> like I said, I got a few minutes. I, I remember the time when I was... Uh, we were living in a single wide trailer that had possums like up under it, in it, and behind it. <laughs> it was an absolute, oh my gosh, six kids in a single wide trailer. It it didn't. It was roasting in the summer, freezing in the winter. I think there was icicles in the house. I mean, this is before I became, you know, a multimillionaire that I am now. So <laughs> when when uh one time uh you know we're in this trailer. And Charity and I had, we, we didn't know about money management. We, nobody taught us. Nobody sat us down. We just made some dumb financial decisions. And uh, we had went and bought this gold Dodge Caravan. It was, it was pretty, y'all. Gold Dodge Caravan. It might have been 1997. We went and bought this gold. I mean, I was out there shining it up at the, at the car wash place every weekend. But the only thing that I was neglecting to do was when they those window pane envelopes showed up, I just was throwing them in the trash, you know, like for the payment. <laughs> I didn't know that that was actually a thing, man. We didn't went out and we didn't went out to dinner three or four times this week. I mean, we didn't went and bought the kids something. We didn't went down to Jungle Land, I, and I don't have that payment, so I guess we'll just keep on rolling until one day. I heard the unique sound of a diesel backing up into front of my single-wide trailer with possums with my shiny, nicely spotless rims gold van and homeboy jacked that thing up on that truck and said, would you like to get your belongings out of it? We were $1,600 behind. And I watched as my kids stood on that little rotting porch <coughs> as I had to go and get their belongings out of that gold van. The guy drove off to the sunset. 
And, you know, that could have been a moment. It felt like, see, King, I knew you couldn't make it. I knew you was just a foster kid. I knew you was just a homeless brat. I didn't know how to raise a family. And so I went to a buy here, pay here place, y'all. And bought some van that didn't even hardly go forward. The transmission, when we were trying to go forward, that van would go. (laughs) It was an absolute disaster. And I'm paying 300 something a month for that. It was so, it was so devastating. I said, man, we got to, (coughs) we got to fix this. And little by little, I showed my kids, hey, look, I'm still getting up and going to work. There's still going to be food on the table. We're going to find a way to get out of this. And now, I buy any car on the lot I want. I don't live in a home with possums. The most animal activity I got here is my golden retriever and my cat. We've been blessed, ladies and gentlemen. But it's because I tapped into this thing called resilience. That when life throws you a a fastball and you strike out, the next time you just get up to the plate and you swing harder. My kids have saw that. They witnessed it. They witnessed the struggles that I've created in my marriage and watched as my wife and I worked through them. Resilience. Because this guy and those gals, they need me to be there for them. Even now in their grown state, we have showed them that mom and dad stuck through it when she could have had, by all accounts, reason to leave. We've shown them that, hey, even though life has not been easy sometimes, you can make it. No matter the adversity, you still can make it. So that's fatherhood, ladies and gentlemen, fatherhood. I'm thankful for uh, this time to share. I'll stop sharing now if it'll let me. And uh, I'm thankful for this time that I was able to be with y'all. Thank you, Celia, for giving me the microphone for a few hours. I hope I haven't ran off anybody. And uh, You haven't ran off anybody. And, <laughs> and CL, I know it, it was just riveting. It was beyond great. You. My my father would have loved it, <laughs> and uh, I'm so grateful for you being a part of this day, all the hard work that you've done, and creating that that uh, presentation was top-notch, incredible, and super impactful. 